thank you all for joining us this morning. Uh, we're going to start today uh, with a few positive notes here. So we'll go through these pictures. Uh, let's put the first one up there. Uh, Journey volunteers were able to deliver our uh, newspapers and throws that we collected, and you can see some of them there with the dogs, and uh, that's what you all gave. Uh, thank you all so much for doing that. Animal Shelter is uh, greatly appreciative. And let's go on to the next one, too. Uh, this took place last weekend. And uh, our kids put together 150 of these Valentines, and half of them have already been delivered. Uh, They were delivered, I believe, sometime this past weekend. Uh, But there they are putting those together. So parents, you have proof. They can clean their room. They can put bags together. You have proof and blackmail now to hold it against them that they can do these things. Uh, Give a round of applause for Journey Kids. That's for sure. Very, very cool. Hey, if you want to get connected with us and get more info about small groups, you can go to guest services. You can also comment groups on this live stream if you're watching with us today. Uh, We do believe that we're better together, and uh, we believe that happens in small groups of people. Uh, Tonight's the big game. If you're a Chiefs fan, uh, you can sit in the parking lot. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Jesus loves Chiefs fans, too. Uh, We're going to be catering Raising Cane's uh, for Journey students and anyone else that wants to come. Uh, We've got about, I think, 50 tenders that are coming from Raising Cane's tonight, uh, starting at 6 o'clock. And a lot of you have already told me, hey, I want to come and, uh, you know, play commercial bingo, do all these other fun things we're going to do. It's not just going to be about football. It's going to be more than that. Really, it's about just being together uh, with each other, uh, with God and with people. So uh, join us, even if it's uh, just for watching football. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Uh, Discover Journey's kicking off uh, for the first one of the year next month, March 17th, following Sunday service. Uh, Discover is a one-hour talk for the newer people at Journey where we get to open up our playbook as to why we do what we do. We go over our core values, uh, give a little bit of insight about our backstories, mine and Bobby's and Doug's, and uh, we go through that with you. And letters will be sent out here in just a few weeks. So if that's you, if you're newer to Journey and you haven't done a Discover yet, be on the lookout for those letters coming soon. Uh, We're excited for Easter, and we hope the groundhog is right, that spring does come early, but Easter is early this year, March 31st. It's not in April this year. So join us at Journey Saturday, March 30th at 6, or Sunday, March 31st at 1030, as we celebrate the resurrection together. Amen? Amen. Got a new series for you today. We're talking about Zip It. Say zip Zip It. Sometimes the best thing that we can all do is just zip it. And today we're going to talk about complaining. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, tell you what, zip it. We're gonna we're gonna get this thing kicked off in a second. Uh, we're gonna talk about complaining, how it becomes uh, kind of a negative thing. Um, complaining, critical spirits, critical attitude, cr- criticizing everybody all the time. That's no good. Say no good. Yeah, we're gonna get there. And uh, and finally, it, sometimes we get into this thing where we. Uh, we talk too much. It, it turns into gossip. It's none of our cotton-picking business. You ought to just zip it. Say, zip it. Yeah, it, we're just people. We are a mess. We're a hot mess sometimes. And it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Just don't stay that way. 
And, and I don't know, there's so many of you in this room, you're coming back or you're brand new or you brought somebody and you're just killing me. I mean, I, I'm so jacked up to see you and I don't know how you got here. I don't know who, you know, said I'll buy you dinner or I'll buy you supper or I'll give you a tank of gas if you go check this out. I don't know how you came, but I'm sure glad you came. This, this is not the church you thought it was going to be. I'm serious. This is not cool church, big church, little church. This is not, it's just a place where everybody, whoever the heck you are and whatever your story is, shows up. And it feels like I could go back to that place again. It really does feel like something's going on. And and I do. Jesus changes everything. I don't know what else to tell you except Jesus changes everything. I believe in miracles. Amen? My poor little wife, she's got a bad cold. And she's working on trying to feel better. And so she... Since me at Texas morning, I'm already here, opened up the building, turned on the lights, got the heat going, coffee going. And she said, my car's running and my keys are inside. It's the second time. She's already called the fire department once, so it's the second time. So, you know, last weekend I talked about how easy it is for us to kid ourselves and think we can multitask. That's a joke. You can't multitask. Nobody does. We multi-switch. And I gave some data from a really smart neuroscientist who lives in L.A., Henry Cloud, Dr. Henry Cloud. I've seen him in person in Lexington, Kentucky. He's an author, a blogger, speaker, Christian, psychologist, counselor. He says, you're kidding yourself if you think that you can multitask. You're just multi-switching everything, and you are deleting your brain power trying to do too many things. That's why you're... Not who you want to be. So I'm thinking to myself, my wife's got a cold, you know, she's, we're trying to get Ollie, our little puppy dog, out the door before she leaves. He's got to go potty. All kinds of things. She's got a plan to get here to do church with you guys. And she's texting me saying, I locked my keys in the car and it's running. I don't have any way to get it open. I said, I'm on my way. Don't worry about it. I get to about the bank over here by rulers, and she calls and she says, I'm, I've got it open, I'm coming. I said, what? How'd you do that? She says, I don't know. She says, I've got the I've got the door pad on the outside. It's got the numbers. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't have the numbers. She said, I just started pushing random numbers. I just kept pushing numbers, and it popped open. <laughs> I believe in Jesus, amen? amen? I don't know how she did that, except Jesus does stuff like that. So I don't know what you brought in here this morning, like, okay, God can do a lot of stuff, but he can't do that. I'm just saying, I don't know what you're looking for, but you came to the right place, because whatever your problem, whatever your struggle looks like, and whatever it is about, uh, God will take care of that too. So we're a hot mess, we are messy, and we are people, and to be honest with you, we're a bunch of flip-floppers, that's the truth, because we're just people, and you know, we, th- we tell everybody, I'm living in Green Acres. You ought to see my big fat cows having great big healthy calves. You ought to see my pasture. It's got this big deep grass growing everywhere. You ought to see my kids. They're geniuses. They got straight A's. And then you get to thinking to yourself, my cows look kind of skinny. What's wrong with them? Or, or my grass has got a brown spot. It's not raining on my yard. Why is it raining on his yard? 
Or my kid came home with a C minus. He's a dummy. What's wrong with this kid? And we're all a bunch of flip-floppers. Say flip-floppers. That's who people are. That's, that's what it's like. And, and, and God understands that, guys. God doesn't love you because that you get it right all the time. God loves you because he loves people. And John 3.16 is true. For God loves people, all of us. And Jesus is going to be at the Super Bowl. I don't know who he's rooting for, but he's going to be there. He gets us. Is a global campaign talking about Jesus understands. And so I hope you catch that 30-second commercial that costs $7 million. A 30-second spot that's got Jesus in it, and everybody else is going to do the same, is $7 million this weekend. But there's a whole bunch of rich people who believe that 350 million people in America need to know that Jesus changes everything, so they're buying a spot again in the Super Bowl. Say amen? amen. So go to big church. Go to little church. Go to anybody's church who's talking about Jesus. Because I'm telling you, he, he is the real deal. That's what it's about. White church, black church, single church, college church, older church, younger church. We've got everybody in here. That, that's what makes this so unique is that it's all kinds of people. People with jobs and people with none. And, and, and people that are doing pretty well and people who are not. And God is with every one of us. And so whatever you get out of this today called Zip It and this lesson that I'm starting today and trying to get us started in this direction, sometimes it's just best don't say anything and seek a little wisdom. And God will help you figure this out. If your relationship's, you know, kind of on its last leg, don't give up too soon. Like my wife who locked herself out of her car, you may need a miracle today, and sometimes it happens. So let's change your perspective. Whatever you thought when you came in here, I want to change your mind. God loves you, every single one of you, more than you'll ever understand or I can ever explain. I want to change your perspective today. Even when you shoot off your big old fat mouth and you complain and whine and gripe and tell everybody that you live in green acres, you really live in belly acres. That's all you do. God loves you anyway. And he won't quit. He will not give up on you. You'll give up on yourself long before he ever gives up on you. I'll give up on you long before he ever will. So I want to change your perspective about the God that we worship and Jesus, our Savior, and Easter is coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And if he can raise the dead, he can even raise my mess and yours too. And I really do believe that. I really believe Jesus changes everything. It's not like we want it or when we want it or the way we want it, but he is working on it. Whatever it is, it's your biggest, come on in, your biggest challenge, whatever's going on. It, God really is for us. And uh, getting a new perspective is going to begin by me being able to shift your heart around. So look up here for a second. Let's talk about your heart because you all got a heart problem and so do I. 
I don't mean the cardiologist is going to get it straightened out. I mean only Jesus can get it straightened out. So let's look at this first verse. Let's put this passage up here on the screen. Here's the heart problem. Let's look at it. Philippians chapter 2. You guys find it on the There you go. They're looking to see where is he at. He's done gone off the map. He, I don't even have a manuscript. I don't know where that preacher is at. All right, Philippians chapter 2. I tried this last night. Not very many people read it with me. Read this out loud. I'm not going to make you stand up, but read it out loud. Just read it out loud with me. Do everything without or arguing so that blameless children of God, crooked and depraved, in which you shine. Mm -hmm. Now let me be very honest with you. Completely transparent. I've read this passage hundreds if not thousands of times. But when I was getting ready to put this down on paper for this lesson today, and I read verse 14, my first thought was, you got to be kidding. Do everything without complaint? How about just 98%? I'm a preacher, God. Come on. I'm serious. I really had that thought to myself. And my wife reminds me that my frustrations sometimes become a complaint. That crazy door over there, we got the broken door at, at the square. We got two doors. Now, somebody's going to say, okay, I'm writing this down. That preacher, I'm tired of hearing him talk about the door. So I'm going to bring it up one more time. And it's not a complaint, but it, it's a frustration. And it might be in the complaint list. But those crazy doors over there, somebody robbed our hardware off of those doors. We've been at this spot at Journey Square next door to AutoZone and next door to the drug clinic for about 15 years. But somebody, when we came in here, it used to be the Amish store. But when we came in here, we redid it so we could have church here. And they gave us the doors and a key, but there's no hardware on the door so that the doors will stay closed. Guess which direction the wind blows? Right against those doors. So summer and winter, it blows those doors open. They won't stay shut. We've tried everything. Say everything. Preacher, you should quit talking about those doors. <laughs> My wife told me that. So it is the truth. Sometimes we're just people. God gets us. And our frustrations turn into complaints. And it's just the way it is. And so we got to change our heart. And eventually, that passage in Philippians that we just read, we can learn to do everything without complaining or arguing, and we can shine like stars in the universe, but it takes a Jesus miracle to get there. And two steps forward and three steps back, we still made a little progress today. Say amen? amen. So let's just hang on to that. Let's just say that I made a little progress. Jot this down. Jesus says that our words will reveal how you're doing, how your heart's doing, and it's the truth. That's the best. You, you don't need to go get an EKG. You don't go need to do some heart cast to find out about your spiritual heart. You just need to listen to what's coming out your mouth. Because that, that is really the best test. Matthew chapter 12. Put, let's put that one up there. Jesus said it's always about the heart when we uh, start to complain. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good stuff, good things out of the good, stored up, shared up in him. And the evil man brings criticism, complaints, gossip, evil things out of the evil stored up in him. 
But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words, it is by our words, come out of our mouth, for by your words you will be acquitted, set free, given grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And by your words you'll also be in a lot of trouble if you don't start working on it. There is judgment. Hell is hot and heaven is not. And we ought to pay some attention here. That God really wants us to change our heart. Get your heart straightened out. Say amen. amen. He's not talking about you being perfect. You're not going to get 100% of time that you don't complain or criticize or gossip. We're just people. And he gets us, but we can do better. And we can improve. And that's what he wants. You don't have to make every shot, but you have to make one now and then. Say amen. amen. Heck yeah. I mean, that's the way it is in life. You, you don't have to be, you know, Billy Graham. But you shouldn't cuss all the time and complain all the time and tell stories all the time that are just not very good. You ought to try to work on that, and God will help us. It's a heart issue. It's always a heart issue. And so I'm going to give you four stories, and then I'm going to wrap this up, and we'll take communion. So i got to hurry. I've already given you 15 minutes. That's the introduction. But I'm going to give you four stories in the Bible, and a couple of these stories probably you're very familiar with. But the reason I'm going to give you stories is stories are things that stick. A lot longer than all the words that I am sharing with you today. Too many words, preacher. You need to stop at about 15 minutes because I've already lost my attention span. That's it. i got to go to the bathroom. Let's go. All right, I got it. But I'm going to try give you four stories of, in the Bible, four stories of other people like us that had to learn how to zip it because they had some heart condition, heart issues, their spiritual heart, their Jesus heart. Uh, they, they needed to change around a few things. So this first one is how to change our perspective looking at the story of Moses and God's family, the Israelites, who got set free from slaves in Egypt to Pharaoh making bricks without straw and getting kicked around and beat up all the time. Not a good time. Uh, and their period in Egypt, and God sent Moses to get them out of there, and he did. But there's a story here that I want to tell. God said, I'm going to take you to the promised land. Told the Israelites through Moses, we're going to get you out of there. Land, fl land flowing with milk and honey. Grapes that are harvested so big you got to carry them on poles. I'm taking you there. No more slavery no more making bricks with straw. I'm going to get you out of the Egypt and bondage to Pharaoh. I'm going to set you free. And that's the message Jesus is giving every one of you right now. He's telling you, because you're listening to me. Like, this preacher might be on something. You're thinking to yourself, could Jesus do something for me? Like getting the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. Could it be a miracle like Connie who got her car door unlocked somehow with random numbers that God said, okay, that's your number for today. Could it happen to us too? And some of you are sitting on the edge of the promised land of where God wants to take you, but you need to change your heart, Buster. You need to change up your heart to actually get there and listen to God or you're going to do the same thing. You're going to begin to complain like God's taking way too long. Say, too long? Yeah, I've lost my patience. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 2 says, the Israelites, as they got away from the Egyptians who were chasing them and they had all drowned in the Red Sea, 
because God said, I'm going to take care of you, and they were on the verge of stepping into Cana, the promised land, flowing with milk and honey. They were camped at Kadesh Barnea, verse 2, and it says they were about 11 days. They were that close. They were 11 days from stepping across into the promised land. But because they started to grumble and complain, like, I don't like the food in the desert wilderness anymore, God. Is that all you got to eat? Eleven days away from what God was about to give them. And then Deuteronomy says, Moses says, took them 40 years. Okay, if that's how you're going to be, if you're going to complain about the food, guess what? We're not going ahead. We're going to take a right-hand turn. We're going this way. You thought you were going to get that job? No, you're not. You thought you were going to marry that guy? No, you're not. You complained so much, and I too, and the Israelites, that God said, okay, let's see how that works. And it took them 40 years to get back to where they were at that moment in history ready to enter the promised land. You're on the verge of your own per personal promised land, but if you don't zip it and trust God more, you're going to mess it up. Say, mess it up? That's who we are. Let me read some of this. Belly acres. They, they said they lived in green acres, but they started to bellyache. Here, here's how it looks. Numbers chapter 11. Let me go to Numbers chapter 11. Some lessons take a lifetime. It is a heart issue. Sometimes it takes us 40 years before we listen to God. 40 years, it could have been 11 days. Now, the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. Don't ever let your mom or dad listen to that kind of stuff. Don't let God over here. When he heard, when God heard them, he was pretty angry. Don't poke the bear. Don't get God all aroused because you start complaining about God being too slow. Not a good idea. Say, not a good idea? I'm just saying, don't make God lose his temper here. So he loves us, but he's listening. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp like scorched earth. Verse 2, because they had complained when the people cried out to Moses, go back to the preacher, he prayed to the Lord and fire died down so that the place was called Taborah. It's like got a big sign, like posted, ground may be hot. God is nearby. Yeah, you should probably pay attention. Because fire from the Lord had burned among them. God is good, but I'm telling you, don't poke the bear. He is also a king. And he is the boss. When you get too big for your britches, you'd better be careful. That's what happened to Israel. Verse 4. The rabble. Isn't there always somebody in the car that wants to start it? Isn't there one? Always there's somebody in the car, somebody on your, you know, production line. There's always one. The rabble. That's what they're called here. Yeah, the, the, the person that wants to start a problem for everybody. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing, bellyaching, and saying, if only we had meat to eat, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. No joke, it was no cost. They were in jail, you know. You like jail food? Well, fine, go to jail. Just sit in jail. It's free, all right. But they were slaves. 
but they forgot. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Well, sure. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. What is manna? It was called, what is it? They had a heart problem. They had to change their perspective. And in this story with Moses and the Israelites, they were very ungrateful. God said, I'll feed you, but it's just going to come on a rock every day. It's going to taste like a cracker. Put a little honey on it. It'll be okay. It's, it's good for you. They didn't much like organic food that grew on a rock, I guess. You know, I don't know. But they started to, the rabble-rousers and complainers just started to complain all the time, and it got contagious, and that's what happens to us. So there's the first story. Sometimes that you can be on the edge of your promised land, and you start to complain too much, you ought to zip it up and trust God more. Here's the second story. There's this problem of our money and how we spend our money. Change your heart, change your perspective. Matthew chapter 26, it was the people that were in the church counting the money. They saw the offering plate, and the guy that counted the money said, Hey, we don't have enough money in here. And then the next thing that happens is there, there's this uh, person who walks in to this audience where Jesus is, and she was not invited, but she just kind of came in. And because she met Jesus, Jesus told her about herself in ways that nobody else could, and she, she was forgiven by Jesus. She was a loose woman. Say, loose woman? Well, she wasn't a church person, not until she met Jesus. And so she was so grateful Matthew chapter 26, that she got a new perspective that Jesus really is for everybody, even me, a loose woman. And I probably should change my behavior because Jesus loves me. And she came back with this expensive perfume. And the people who were counting the money in the church saw what was happening, and they missed the point because she was... She was pouring this perfume on Jesus and his feet and showing her, the only way she knew, showing her love, about a day's worth of wages, it says, about 365 days worth of his income. So I guess if you just went and spent all your paycheck, everything that you made this year, you know, 2024, if you just gave it all to the church at one time, everybody look at you like, man, you are crazy. Who's got that offering? As I bring that up, can I get the bucket? We'll just pass it around right now. Wouldn't that be crazy? Say, crazy? That's what she did. And all the church people thought it was crazy too. And Jesus said, slow down just a second. Let me read this. Let me read what happened. Matthew chapter 26. When the church people, put that up there, Matthew 26. When the disciples, the leaders of the church, saw this, they were not happy. They were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price, money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus overheard them. Jesus said, why are you bothering this woman? She's really done a beautiful thing. This part of Matthew is at the end of the book, and Jesus is about to go to the cross, and his disciples are not really tuned in to that, that he's going to go and die on the cross. It's going to be Easter. It's going to be Friday. He's going to be crucified. But this one lady, who's a loose lady in the past, who's now forgiven by Jesus, this sinful woman hit a nerve, and she was just grateful that 
God loved someone like her. And it changed her heart and her life forever. And the disciples resented that. Church people can do that. Church people can begin to resent other people who are kind of living the loose life. And Jesus begins to love on them. And you're not really sure if you like that so much. And that's what happened in this story where we should have zipped it instead of complained about God loving everybody. Say amen. amen. Yeah, it's a pretty good story to remember. And it's a real one that happened to the disciples and Jesus. So that's two stories. Let me give you a third one here. Here's another story. It's called uh, the overwhelmed host. It's what it's called. At least in your notes, that's what I called it. Luke chapter 10. And some of you feel like that your neighbor or your husband or your wife or whoever you're living with is not sharing their part of the responsibility. And you don't much like that. Matter of fact, you do a lot of complaining and criticizing and probably gossip about that. You got somebody right now in your corner that you don't much like because they're not in your corner. At least it feels that way because it doesn't feel like they're sharing the load and you got all the duty. And that's what this was about. The overwhelmed host with Mary and Martha who were two sisters and they were having a big brunch for Jesus at their house. That sounded like a great idea. We're going to have a Super Bowl party. Come on over to my house. Well, you better start cleaning. Are you going to help me or not? Let's read it. Luke chapter 10. As Jesus and the disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to all of them. Come on. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted, multitasking, she thought, multi-switching. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, you've, you've already done this yourself. You've already talked to Jesus about whoever it is that you don't think is, is carrying their share of the load. Lord, don't you care? I'm a victim here, God. I got a lazy sister. You done already complained to God about somebody. I'm, and I have to. I'm just telling you. Je Jesus doesn't buy that. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now look at verse 41. Th this is where you need to help with your heart. Because this isn't natural. This is not natural. If you're busy in the kitchen trying to feed and take care of 10 people that's coming over for a Super Bowl party, and you got a husband or a wife or a sister or a brother, and they're supposed to be helping, and they're in here kind of like having a conversation that just keeps going on and on, I tell you what you want to do. You want to just walk in there and give them a knuckle sandwich like, get up, buddy, come on. I need some help because that's natural. But your heart has an issue with that that God knows better. They do need to change. Their own behavior at times, we all do. But in this instance, complaining was not the answer that Jesus expected, not the one that he wanted. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. You're getting all worked up about the company that's coming to your house. But only one thing really is needed. What does he say? Mary has chosen what is better. Sometimes you just need to listen, zip it, 
it's not as essential that your house looks like Martha Stewart lives there and she bakes in the kitchen every day, more that you really care about people. And so that's Jesus' story, and she begins to complain. And probably for all of us that are listening right now to this third story here that I'm telling, pro probably for ladies, it's going to be their house. When somebody's coming over and somebody's showing up or maybe they're coming unannounced and you're feeling pretty frazzled and you're trying to multitask and you're multi-switching and you just, uh, you've drained your brain power and you can't enjoy the company anymore because your house looks like a wreck to you, maybe you need a new perspective. What if you were homeless? What if you had no friends? What if you had no food to put on the table? What if there was no furniture? It could happen. Maybe it is that we just got ourselves all worked up about some things that don't matter as much in a hundred years from now. People matter most. Slow down. Slow down instead of complaining and, and let Jesus straighten things out. If you're a guy, if you're a guy, and I said this last night, if you're a guy, probably it's not, it has anything to do with your house. It's, that's, your, that's your wife's kingdom. Okay, she can take care of the house and the kitchen. I don't care. But if you're a guy, it's probably your phone number. Stop giving my phone number to everybody. If you're a plumber, a carpenter, a farmer, a rancher, if you work hard, if you can do a lot of things, people want your number. And probably what just ticks you off is everybody just keeps passing your number. And, and it gets frustrating and you get overwhelmed and you don't know how to say no and you have a heart problem and you don't know what to do. And so... That's where I'm just saying it happens. Sometimes uh, it's like an aha moment. We need to, we need to do something about, you know, our attitude. Instead of saying, you know, why, why don't you, why don't you let somebody else do this? Maybe it's time to recalibrate. Why we get so upset and why we blow a gasket when it seems like I'm overwhelmed? Maybe we have a heart problem. Maybe that's the real problem. And here's the last story. So you got the Israelites and how, how they got themselves in a whole lot of trouble and Moses in the wilderness and the disciples with Jesus and the lady who was the loose lady that gave a year's worth of money for some perfume that she poured on Jesus' feet. You got Mary and Martha who were having a big brunch in the kitchen and she got really mad at her sister because her sister wouldn't help her. And the last story has to do with a complaint that turned up in jail. I've been to jail. I've been with people in jail. I've taken communion to jail. Craziest thing, the story in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas are doing Jesus stuff, and they get arrested, basically, for preaching and telling somebody about Jesus. The people in town didn't much like it, and they told them to quit doing that, and they said, we can't. And so they kind of roughed them up and beat them up and threw them in jail. But instead of complaining about, God, why would you let this happen? They had another idea. Look at Acts chapter 16. And I'm going to read the rest of this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. I bet when you went to jail, you didn't sing hymns. <laughs> you might have been praying, like, I hope somebody comes and gets me quick. But these guys were actually having church, like David Crowder just broke out here, you know. 
they were singing and having a great time because they said, I'm going to use this opportunity. They had a positive attitude instead of a negative attitude. By midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners, everybody in jail, they were all listening. I'm just saying, if you just got beat up and busted and arrested, it, it might be pretty easy to get discouraged. They took my car. I don't have anywhere to live. Not these two guys because their, their hearts had been transformed by hanging out with Jesus and I'm telling you, instead of complaining, they had to have a new perspective. And it is kind of weird that in prison and in jail, you can have church, but they did. It says God miraculously shakes the jailhouse, the walls, and the earthquake, and the cell doors fly open. And most people, if you see the door open and you're in jail, you're going to walk out free. You're going to go. But the weird thing is here, nobody leaves. Church was so good, even in jail, they decided to stay, and they didn't leave at all. When I say amen in a few minutes, you guys are going to jet for that door. Like, I got to go get away from that guy. He's talking too much. That's normal. Say normal. If you guys stay in here too long, I'm going to get nervous. Like, why are they still here? It's like that. It's like that. Nobody expected these guys to stay at jail. Read it. Look at verse 26. Suddenly, a jam session with God and Crowder, whoever it was, Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All, at once all the prison doors flew open. That's not normal. And everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. When he saw the prison doors open, he drew a sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. If you're the jailer and you lose your prisoner, you're dead. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're, we're all here. That's just too weird. Who the heck is going to just stay there when the door opens and the chains fall off? That's not normal. They're not normal. These guys are not normal. These are Jesus guys, and they're following Jesus, and it's not normal because their heart's been changed. Man, if you start doing what I'm talking about, instead of being a victim, instead of being a flip-flopper, instead of just being human and trying to be more like Jesus, people are going to say, what is wrong with you? Well, you just have to say, I don't know, but Jesus is telling me what to do. It's the honest-to-goodness truth. God wants to change us so that it's not normal anymore for us to, to not be critical and complain and gossip, and people just, they don't know how to handle that. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. The guy who had the sword and had the keys to the jail and had just mugged them and beat them up and roughed them up that's weird. He is the guy. He then brings them out and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Somebody here needs to get baptized on Easter. It's that sitting here right now. Now, I've got one or two that I've been talking to. There's the bucket right over there. It's warm. The water's fine. Now, you came here today, and you probably didn't have any plan at all to coming back. You're like, okay, I'll go check it out, but I ain't coming back. Somebody sitting here needs to get your heart straightened out and change your perspective, get your Jesus story started, and surrender all, and be baptized by immersion. Not some little sprinkling thing that somebody said, when I was a baby, somebody did that to me. That ain't it. That's not in the Bible. That's something somebody had good intentions, but that's not in the Bible. You need to make a personal decision to surrender to God to your own immersion baptism like Jesus in the Jordan River, and you should do it on Easter. And you should say, Preacher, I'm in. How do, how do I sign up here? Some of us that are sitting here right now, some of you that are online should come on in here. Instead of watching online, come on. Just come on inside. 
join us Easter, fill up all the seats we got, and you should just decide. I, I want I want some of that. I want more of Jesus and less of me. I want a better perspective. I want a better heart. I want to stop being such a flip-flopper. Oh, yeah, God is good. Five minutes later, my team stinks. I stink. You stink. Amen? Yep. The jailer called for the lights, brought them all out. Sirs, what must I do? Ricochet evangelism. He wouldn't sleep in after all. He heard, he heard the story about Jesus is for everybody. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour at midnight, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. That is the weirdest story I've ever seen. The jailer brought them into the house, set a meal before them. Whoever it is that you can't stand right now, that you hate their guts, you should just get over it. Because Jesus loves them anyway. And I hope they get better. And you should pray they do. Amen? Amen. The guy that walked out the door on you, the woman that walked out the door on you, the person that betrayed you and took all your money and now you don't have any money. I, I know there's really bad, tragic stories in this room. Some of them are in my own family. I know that happens. But you should just have a different heart and get over it. Have a different perspective. Not be a flip-flopper who loves God one day and hates everybody the next. This jailer brought them out, had a meal at his house. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe that God is for him too. He and his whole family. Say amen. I'm just reading what it says. It's up to you. So that dead-end job or your boring marriage or whatever it is, it's, it may be the place that God wants you to start changing things in your heart and zip it instead of complain. Yeah, I know it's weird, but it is probably something to think about. Maybe you just need a new perspective, and that's where it all starts today. Three points, and then I'll finish this up. We'll have communion. Here's three positive promises when we, in, when we begin to ask God to help build us a new perspective by changing our heart. Here's three things that's the payoff that really matter. Uh, number one, I will not hang out with negative people any longer. You're just going to get rid of all your negative people. You're just going to say, I love you, but I can't be with you because you're too negative and you're just ruining my day. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but I'm just saying, if you get a different perspective, I will not hang out with negative people. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So don't Facebook or tweet or post anything with negative people because you end up being a negative Nancy too. Number two, if you'll get a better perspective, let God change your heart, I will. you'll begin to speak words of life. Instead of tearing people down and tearing the world down and tearing everything down, you'll build things that God is wanting you to build. The tongue has the power of life and death, Proverbs chapter 18. Here's number three, I will be thankful for, for, for what I have May not have the biggest house, may not have the newest car, may not have the right person, best husband, best wife, best kids, whatever, but I'll give thanks that I'm alive and they're alive. Yep, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
it is the honest to goodness truth that we actually can change our heart, have a new perspective, stop freaking out because it's a bad hair day and be glad you got hair at all or you got a hat that fits your head or something that you can hide something up there that just be glad. Say, be glad. Humans like us are a mess. And bottom line is, what, what do your words say about your heart? That's the bottom line. And I told this story before I do communion. I told this story last night. Paul, my friend in Texas, another shout out to you. You shared this story with me this week. I saw it on Facebook. So I give credit to my friend Paul. But God really does get us, people like us. And sometimes we, we've said this. We've all said this. I don't want to adult anymore. I'm done with being an adult. I don't want to adult anymore. I don't even want to be a human. And my friend Paul said, yeah, we probably all said that. We want to be a, we want to be a billy goat. We don't want to be an adult. We want to be a billy goat. And then he said, I want to be a billy goat that can jump around randomly and eat whatever I want to eat. And I can headbutt anybody that annoys me. I just want to be a goat. Stop being a billy goat. I know we're not the best human, but you are created in the image of God. And you ain't even got halfway there yet of what you can be because of Jesus. Stop being an old billy goat wanting to butt everybody's head because they annoy you. There is a better way. Jesus is the way. Say amen. amen. Pass those cups. Get those cups. We're going to pray that God will help us get a new perspective. Change our heart. God, will you change my heart? Because I know it starts with my heart. I just read it. That preacher just read it. Because of Jesus, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, Consequently, you are no longer outsiders, foreigners, and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, and members of God's household. This is a church where you can be a part of God's family, and it's not because you stop flip-flopping, or it's not because you got the right perspective every day. It is because Jesus is working on you. Take the bread. God, give us your mercy and grace again, not because I deserve it, but because God is good. And Jesus is for everybody, even me. The cup. Pray with me. God, before we lunge out of here into the world and Super Bowl and everything else today, may we stop being billy goats, button heads with everybody, and might, might we right now, because of the cross, ask for another chance. Will you reboot and restart my heart and everybody else that's listening? And get us this attitude and perspective that is better. One which comes from you. May we learn to zip it and complain less. Because you love me and people like me. In Jesus' name, amen. Drop the little cups in the basket.
put your offering in the plates. Hope you'll come back and get part two. Give it a try. And uh, tell somebody else to come with you too. They, they might show up and want to know more as well. You guys who are home, join us if you can real soon. Have a blessed day, a good day. God is a good, good father. We're going to sing another song, one more song. If you want to pray before you take off, slide on down the hallway. We'll, I'll pray with you. Let's, let's uh, sing with the band here one more time.